welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We have a fabulous show today. We're going to be speaking with Jonathan M. Goldman, and we're talking about his book, The Gift of the Body, a multidimensional guide to energy autonomy grounding spirituality and living through the heart and guys this isn't a foo-foo book on spirituality this delves deep but very simplistically into spirituality and uh, gives you a deep understanding so if you're looking to grow your spirituality this is going to help you if you're a newbie it's great if you think that you are a sage and been around forever this is also great because it's going to impart some new information to you so you know sit back take some notes and then i do encourage you to go get the book those of you who follow me know that i rarely say that the book is a keeper okay this book is a keeper on my shelf so it's definitely worth um, the small and worth the small investment for you to get the book now the information shared on get over it uses uh, intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed yes we're going to help you let go of the bs that's been holding you back but you guys know i always ask that question are you truly ready to and by the way folks bs is belief system a bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence, but they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask me. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, nesmoniquechapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. The great sages for millennia have taught that the answers to healing, spiritual evolution, elevation of consciousness, and living a happy and fulfilled life are inside of us. But where exactly are they and how do you work with them? My guest today, Jonathan Goldman, can answer those questions for you. In June of 1960, just as Jonathan Goldman had turned 10, his mother died of breast cancer. She was 34. In January of 1961, her heartbroken father died of a heart attack. And in August of 1961, the children's 41-year-old father died after a five-year struggle with leukemia. Their deaths set the program for Jonathan's personal healing journey, which continues to this very day. Um, he has devoted his life to healing others and teaching people how to live a full, 
heart-centered, peaceful, joyful life. After college, he and Jane moved to Boston, where in 1976, he became the first non-Asian people in the United States to practice the previously unheard of healing art of acupuncture. His acupuncture practice morphed over the years into a multi-layered approach to healing called transformational energy healing, which today he practices and he teaches. And you can check him out at his website, and that's essentiallight.org, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-L-I-G-H-T.org. Welcome, Jonathan. Wow, what a great introduction and what an amazing person you are. So I'm very happy to be with you. Oh, I am so glad to be with you. And you are worth all of those words plus 10,000 more. You went through such trauma at a very young age. How did you even start thinking about healing yourself to get past all this trauma that you had uh, endured? You know, it's a good question. And I look back and I see the, the moments, right? Mm-hmm. I see the moments when I had a choice to make. Was I going to say yes or was I going to say no? Okay. The only, uh, and I was presented, we are presented with this. So when we have trauma, we have things to transform. Everybody does, right? Some seem more more monumental than others, right? I work with lots of people and there are people that come to me and I'm like, oh my God, I don't I don't know if I could have survived that, you know? Uh-huh. It's all relative. But we are then presented with the opportunities to heal. They're presented to us naturally in the course of our lives. We call them to us uh, unconsciously. They're presented to us by our guides. So I see the, the moments for me that when I could have checked out and mm-hmm. that battle was in me. You know, one of the, when I, I call my book, the gift of the body, because I came to understand that rather than being a prison sentence, which is what I thought being in a body was, uh-huh. my attitude used to be, when does the parole board meet? <laughs> hey, well, you get paroled, huh? <laughs> when do I get out? And I came to understand that, no, that, that the way out was in. Mm. The way to deal the, the the way to heal was I had to come into my body, and so I was presented with many uh, opportunities. I was presented in, in the 1960s, for instance. You know, I I grew up then. I was in very involved in the anti-war movement and the beginning of many of the movements. You know, that's mm-hmm. the Black Power movement and the women's movement and the gay liberation movement and the right and and, and then, don't don't leave out Woodstock. That was a very important movement. <laughs> Right, Uh I was there involved in that. And so then, like many people, I used to say, well, I took I I took my share of LSD and then I took the uh, the share of the young Republicans because they weren't going to take their share. So I took their share. (laughs) Okay. And even that presented me with seeing my trauma, seeing what. And so could I did I run away? The the only credit I can claim is I just keep saying yes. Mm. Like, okay. And then I found therapy and I found a man who was a Brazil, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Brazilian psychotherapist who okay. introduced me to bioenergetics, which is healing through incorporation, coming into your body for real. Mm-hmm. And so I worked that, I worked that, I screamed and I cried and I punched pillows and I saw my trauma. And then at some point he said, after we've done the therapy, he said, okay, now we're going to Brazil and we're going to go to the mountains of Brazil 
to a spiritual community that does a particular kind of spiritual work that's only done there. And mm -hmm. we're going to do the equivalent of 10 years of psychotherapy and 10 years of meditation in a month. What do you think? Oh. And I said, okay, sounds like a good deal. Mm -hmm. the center of their spiritual practice, which is still done today, is the use of a tea that most people now know as ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah. And so that was another big yes. I was like, uh, just this morning, I found my diary from that first trip. Uh-huh. All remembered what I was confronted to, which was the the pockets of trauma and pain that I had denied that were put right in my face, but also my glories, also my light, also that light was real. Also, I had a spiritual healing channel that I didn't even know existed that got unzipped. And so that gave me a context for my healing. Oh, I'm healing within light. I'm healing from the space of the heart. Okay, bring it on. Let's go. Okay, so you mentioned this spiritual healing uh, channel. How did you recognize it? Because I think that we all have it. It's innate in all of us, but I, I, I think we tend to forget or we mask it. Well, I had I already had a, an acupuncture practice, right? I have been mm -hmm. I've been practicing acupuncture. This was 1988, February 1988. So I had been practicing acupuncture for 12 years, in in a mostly in a seven by eight room in my my house in the, the urban neighborhood of Boston. And so I had a space where then when I came back from Brazil, just weird things started happening. I'm, somebody, somebody would grab my hand and hold it over a person's body mm -hmm. and he would emanate from my hand and the person would get up and say, thank you very much. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Things started happening to me. This, everything that is that that I've learned, everything that I teach, has come through intuition and experience. And so, I things started happening that I, I, I. What fortunately was, I knew two things. One is I knew I wasn't psychotic, because okay. if I was going to be, I already would have been. Uh -huh. And second, I knew it was good. I knew it was positive. I knew it was connected to light. That this was not some demonic, weird thing. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I, again, I said, yes, let's see what's going to happen. And so I started being guided through intuition and through a kinesthetic, a kinesthetic, uh, the, the, they would take over my body. They would move my hands around. Mm -hmm. I would start seeing acupuncture uh, patterns that I didn't even know what they meant. And I would do those on people for two weeks and have very beautiful results. And then it would st a, a new pattern would evolve. Mm -hmm. So what, ha what happened is when I say my, my healing channel, mostly what opened was my intuition. Wow. Okay. Very, what I call grounded intuition, mm -hmm. like knowing, but not knowing how, you know, mm -hmm. that's how I, I live my life. <laughs> obviously. Right. Yeah. That opened up in, and I had done enough previous work and continue to do work in grounding, meaning mm -hmm. inhabiting my body, inhabiting and and learning the discernment between, right? In, in doing spiritual work, there are three components. There's inspiration, there's mm -hmm. ego, and there's drama. Okay. Inspiration, ego, and drama. And so what I made a very, very conscious study that I still make today 
is among those influences in me. Like what's coming from authentic inspiration beyond the mind, what's coming from my ego, grabbing it and twisting it just enough to make it fancy. Uh-huh. And what's coming from some need in me to be popular or famous or beautiful or something. Mm-hmm. And so making those discernments then, making it a conscious, conscious part of my work, then mm -hmm. I feel confident that when I work with a client or when I give a teaching, then I'm at least doing the best I can to be for real and authentic was what you, you said in your introduction. That's what your people say about you, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> for better or worse, yes. <laughs> for real. That's truth. Yeah. The best I can do that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, in the book, you talk about the human energy vehicle. What is that and how does it connect with transformational energy healing? Or maybe you should explain both and how they interact. So the human energy vehicle, some people call it the aura, some people call it the etheric double. <clears throat> I came to call it a vehicle because it's what we move around in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a vehicle. What I say is it's a rental, right? We get this rental that has a, uh, uh, we have, and has a contract. We don't know how long the contract is, but it has a, it has a, a time limit. Mm -hmm. And we are the, we are the inhabitants of the vehicle, our body, our multiple bodies. We actually have five different layers mm -hmm. and we inhabit that when it's a vehicle designed to travel around in the earth and gain experience and gain knowledge. So most of us sit in the back seat and the vehicle sort of drives around randomly, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. some crashes and falls over a cliff or it stalls and we don't know what to do. What I teach is let's become the commander of our vehicles. Mm -hmm. Let's become, let, let's at least be the co-pilot. Okay. And so that's the vehicle. The vehicle is an energy configuration. The densest layer of that is our what we usually think of our as our body, our physical body. Uh -huh. But we have succeeding layers, more refined, more, uh, but the same energy, just a different variation on that theme of of life force uh -huh. that go from the physical body outward. So we have an etheric body. So you mentioned that you're a Reiki master. Reiki is one of the, the more powerful ways of entering into the etheric body and affecting the whole vehicle. Uh -huh. is another one. Uh -huh. We have an emotional body. The emotional body is beyond that. And the emotional body is like an accordion. It can be super expanded. So here, here I am with you and I feel good and I feel safe and I feel happy. So my emotional body gets wider. If I'm standing on the subway, I used to go in the subway in Boston, mm -hmm. you stand on the subway in Boston and literally your body's touching someone and you're not touching them because your, your emotional body is so contracted that it's like a, you know, a millimeter thick. Then mm -hmm. you have, we have a mental body. The mm -hmm. mental body is the membrane that surrounds the vehicle or surrounds our energy uh, bodies mm -hmm. that defines us. We are mostly defined by belief thought. So 
that's but it's a vibration and then beyond that is the spiritual bodies that connect us to other dimensions and to our own higher self and to past lives so i take all of those into account and the healing work that i do and teach is clearing the blockages the densities the held spaces in all of those bodies to make the whole thing move the best that it can and then let's see what symptoms disappear and what don't okay so when you go through this process <clears throat> excuse me and you get to the point where you see symptoms that you know just go away because we truly don't need them they're here i guess for an awareness and you can choose to grow through that what happens when you come up against the wall of a symptom that just refuses to go away or you're refusing to release i think would probably be more accurate and it becomes a block for you and not just a block in you releasing it but a block in all areas of your life then that becomes the focus of work in other words some stuff when people come to me a bunch of stuff people are just ready to release i'm sure you have the same experience mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff people are like oh yeah that you know it's like it's like the uh the old shirt you left on the shelf you know and you're going to get, take it to goodwill you know like <laughs> oh, done but then there's then then we get down to yeah we get to the central thing like what is I, actually what i call it these days is i call it the binding thought mm -hmm. what is the binding thought what is the underlying belief that a person is holding on to that the whole pattern depends on and that becomes the focus of work. So there's meditative work, there's emotional work, mm -hmm. there's cognitive work, there's decisions we make, and then there's also energy radiation. So we combine all of those things for that person to do what I call make a study. So in that case, what you're saying is a person realizes or you or the, the practitioner realizes, oh yeah, this person, they're not, they're not ready to let go of that. This, this is a defining aspect of their identity, right? So, well, we don't let go of identity easily. So let's work it. Let's take it step by step. So to speak, let's unravel it thread by thread, thought by thought. What's the thought? Mm -hmm. Thought is, I'm a, I'm a victim. That's a very common one, right? Yeah. And then I have plenty of evidence, <laughs> right? I, I can... Uh -huh. So I had this happen, this happened, then uh, this person was mean to me, this person abused me, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that identity is very strong with many people, and it defines how we go through the world. I have an expectation of being a victim. I have an identity as being a victim, right? And mm -hmm. I, go, I go about my life actually proving that. That you're, okay. Change that, right? Mm -hmm. Another thought to another way of being that can take a while and mm -hmm. so i don't force it but then i come back come out with those things bringing it to consciousness like let's talk and that's one of the advantages of the kind of work i do because what we can do is literally identify where that thought is in the aura in the vehicle which chakra it is in mm -hmm. which layer it's in specifically let's put let's point a finger at that place now let's unravel it let's unravel it in how you understand it and let's literally call light to it mm. let's, shine light. let's shine a mag light 
a beam of light on that. And then the process goes faster, way faster. Okay. So it's almost like you're a functional doctor in a sense where you get to the root cause of the problem and you work it backwards as opposed to just telling someone, oh, to meditate or take this herb or use this essential oil and all will be better. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, and it, and it's with the expanded view, say, okay, where is it? Is it in the mental body? Okay. Usually it is in the mental body, but what's the emotional material? So let's literally clear it. I say we back up the cosmic dump truck. Mm-hmm. And- load the energy into that cosmic dump truck and it gets taken to the cosmic recycling plant. Okay. And then just gone. Well, folks, we're speaking with Jonathan M. Goldman. His book is The Gift of the Body. It's available everywhere. The Ford is written by Donna Eden. Uh, you should definitely check it out if you are into this type of uh, healing, which I know all of my listeners are. You can check out his website, and that is essentiallight.org, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L, L-I-G-H-T dot org, all one word. Um, Jonathan, you talked uh, right before I um, reintroduced you of uh, thoughts. So talk to us about thought forms, because I think people truly don't understand what a thought form is and how it can take over your life. I do a lot of work with uh, spirit release with people, and 99.99999% of it is thought form creation. So talk to us about thought forms. I am so glad you are, you're, we're talking about this. Oh, yay! <laughs> no, for real, because it, it's so important. And, and as you said, m- most people don't have an idea or, or there's all kinds of fantasies like cartoons about it. Mm-hmm. It's science fiction. It's not science fiction. We live in a sea of thought, right? Mm-hmm. Even in, like I live in Oregon. I live in Southern Oregon and I live in the forest and, uh, you know, there's no pollution here and whatever. But the, the, the air is full of thought. And every time that a person thinks something, it emits into the atmosphere, into the the, the ethers, into the inner the inner planes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I hope your people who are listening understand. This. Of course they do. We live multidimensionally, so we define ourselves and say, "Well, I live in this material world, and I live in this material body, and everything is just what I can see and you know access with my five senses." No. There are many layers, including there are layers of thought. And one of the things that I saw uh, before the, the over a year ago, right? I was meditating and, and I could see the band of thought around the earth. So the earth is a body. Mm-hmm. So like I have these five layers in my body, the earth also has these five layers. Mm-hmm. And the earth has a mental body, has a, a, a like a, a Van Allen belt of thought that surrounds it. And what I saw was it was so thick with so many opinions, right? An opinion is a thought, a belief Mm -hmm. thought, a a criticism is a thought, a judgment is a thought. So is a thought of love. So is a thought of compassion. So is a thought of kindness, right? Mm -hmm. So So I see this, this belt around the earth and I just started praying for light to penetrate through that thickness. And then what happened, and one of the things that happened, at least in my view, is that as the paradigm was disrupted in this past year, right? The the Mm -hmm. external paradigm of like, this is how things are, and this is how things always gonna be, is actually that thought uh, belt 
got thinner and more light could penetrate. Okay. And part of what's going on on Earth is there's more light which is bringing out more of the unconscious thoughts which are then circulating around, 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 and many people, the sensitives, I assume the people you work with, the people I work with, the people I am, uh -huh. are, are being influenced by these thoughts on the inner plane, and many people are having trouble. Many people write the reports of depression and anxiety and uh -huh. suicidal thoughts and, and uh, retriggering of trauma and all this stuff is because there are so many thoughts being disrupted and being called into light and they're passing through the mediums the the sensitives uh -huh. as a stairway and if people don't understand that 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 along with everything else that i am i'm also a stairway for energy that needs light uh -huh. and so the more i'm aware of that and the more i it's one of the things we do is train people how do you create an internal structure in you to become that tube of light so that when stuff comes to you it doesn't stick to you okay um i want to ask a question i don't want a political answer to this but i want to understand the energy behind it because personally i still struggle with it um not this last election but the election before we elected a man donald trump he had very um interesting energy uh this last election you know a lot of people voted for that energy why is it because in my you know this is just my human opinion that energy is not functionally wonderful it's very detrimental i in the four years that that person that energy was in office i should say um the increase of spiritual release went through the roof like ten thousand percent so is that energy what's it missing or what does it have that is so heavy and in my opinion lacking of love for humankind for itself does that is my question making any sense at all or do i need to rephrase i can tell you my my response okay uh, and look it's there's lots of different angles on this here's mine mm -hmm. humanity in general humanity as a species we are being called into the next stage of evolution we're actually in it mm -hmm. that evolution is the transference of loyalty from the third chakra to the heart. Mm. My book, I call it the longest four inches in the universe. <laughs> that, so we have been in this country, in our country, uh -huh. quintessential expression of the third chakra in the history of the world. What is the third chakra about? Third chakra is about making, doing, manifesting, deciding, uh -huh. uh, being right, being strong, all that stuff, right? Uh -huh. And it lead the loyalty living according to the third chakra inevitably leads to perpetual conflict. Because it's because the third chakra only knows how to do that stuff and only knows how to manifest and make and judge. So we're being called as a species to in evolutionarily and as individuals, we're being called to transfer our loyalty, our way of living through, I call it living through the heart, not living in the heart, living through the heart. Mm -hmm. 
that we're being called. And in that, in that negotiation, let's call it, mm-hmm. the third chakra that that guy and his people are the total expression of, mm-hmm. right? It's all about money. It's all about winning. And what it's all he the, the poor guy, he's completely psychotic behind the fact <laughs> that he actually lost. Right. Right. And his people, they're psychotic because if you if you in the third chakra, there's only two options. You're a winner or you're, you're a loser. Mm. In the heart, no. In the heart, you're a person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, and but you're uh-huh. learning. Right? It's a completely different way. So that's my view is that that hanging on to that, 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 and that trans that transference to the heart, they may take a hundred years to do it. The people who are working with you and the people who are working with me and other people, thank God, are pioneers because we're understanding that we can choose, right? With one of the things you said so clear in your introduction, we can choose. Uh-huh to enter the heart and we can choose to to learn literally the inner yoga i call it the kriya yoga of aligning consciously through breath through meditation through awareness through choice with the heart chakra and then we become the holders of compassion for all of that stuff that's being off-gassed that the people you're working with, the people I work with, are the channels for, uh-huh. right? Because what what that guy did and what his people did is they called it all out. They called it all out. Like, okay, we don't have to pretend that we're nice anymore. Uh-huh. We don't have to pretend that we have empathy. We don't have to pretend that we have compassion. We're just going to do what we do. And people are so desperate. Many people are so desperate to... Uh, are pathologically desperate to avoid the reality of not knowing. Mm. Right? In other words, nobody knows. I don't know what's going to happen. No, you don't right. know. Nobody knows. Right. But because we've been so externally focused, we're in this culture, we are taught to be externally focused. But I know myself by how you reflect me. I know myself by what I do. I know myself by this and this and this. And we aren't taught to go inside. When I go inside and I find in the center of my heart the space of humility, and I find right in front of my heart, four inches in front of my heart, the space of compassion, I understand my intuition tells me, look, it's okay. You don't know. It's good to not know. That's that's fine. That's how okay. things are. Many people are so desperate to know that they're willing to glom onto the silliest, stupidest, <laughs> explanations uh-huh. that are like grade D science fiction books, uh-huh. right? Because of the desperation. And so that's my explanation. And so all of that's generating is calling up all these hidden pockets of so much stuff that's for, for centuries has been in the, the psyche of humanity in the inner, the inner pockets uh-huh. of humanity. It's being called up. I'll tell you one more thing. I do believe, I do see that there is, as the Hindus say, they call it the war in heaven. There is a battle between forces that are promoting unity and uh-huh. forces that, whose job it is to promote disunity. 
Mm -hmm. And they're acting through us. When I said the other day, I was was leading a ceremony and I said to people, who is speaking through your mouth? Mm. Who's speaking through your mouth? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about me too. Is, is who's speaking through my mouth somebody who's create wants to promote unity wants to promote understanding and compassion with clarity with straightness with realness or is somebody speaking through my mouth who's trying to create disunity and creates more separation and more conflict who is it mm-hmm. for the people who identify with the conflict and disunity is there help for them? Oh, for sure. It's it. Let's say it's the longest four inches in the universe, but it's only four inches, mm-hmm. right? Because we're present. What I said. The first thing I said. We're presented with these opportunities to examine ourselves, mm-hmm. and particularly when we're met. When I'm met, and when I meet people with the heart, with compassion, very, very. I've had people literally literally shake their head and go wait wait what 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 <laughs> and different place uh-huh. like huh? like somebody something just like like uh shook them uh-huh. of course life is long and cycles are long and and the distance between um madness and and light is not very great Okay. That four inches. Okay. Now, in your book, you talk about divine tactics. What are divine tactics? Divine tactics. What is a tactic? A tactic. A tactic is part of a strategy. This. What's the strategy? Comes from necessity. The necessity in this time is how do I navigate all of the stuff we're talking about? Mm-hmm. And how? In if my prayer, as I say, is I want to know myself. I want to be useful. I want to be a tool of light. I want to be an instrument of light. This is my prayer every day. Mm-hmm. Right? But how do I do it? Like, what are the tactics? So I can I can adopt the idea and say yes, I want that. But then, what? How do I actually build into my bodies, into my vehicle, a, an internal vibrate vibratory structure? that has me sit in my heart mm-hmm. has me grounded on earth in my body mm-hmm. feeling safe because when i'm grounded on earth when my first chakras in the earth i i feel safe mm-hmm. and receiving literally the vibration of light into that body that fills me gives me health and then transmits through me in whatever i do how do i do that so the divine tactics are the way that I teach to build that internal structure by exercise, by meditation, by prayer, by even by conversation, and to create underneath my ego body, my emotional body, my physical body, a vibrating place so that with a thought, I step into my heart and I'm in, it's like being in a, a, a scaffolding of vibration in my bodies. Mm. I call it the three groundings. It's called grounded on earth, centered in the heart, receiving light. And literally that's what we do. 
And so that in any moment, and it's a practice, right? It's like anything else. I've learned, you know, if you're going to learn to play the piano, most people don't sit down and play Chopin in the first minute. No. You have to be like ding, 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 ding. And so it's a, it's a work, daily work, meditation practice. We do workshops about it. I did last uh, September, October, November, I did a 10 session online class teaching the teaching these divine tactics step by step from literally from the bottom up and it's available on on our website essentialite.org it's 10 sessions 10 one and a half hour sessions the feedback we've gotten is super super good it actually works to if you do it right <laughs> hour, hour and a half of you can do it once a month if you want and uh building this inner structure and the feedback that 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 we've gotten from it is it it was very successful. So that's it. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on at your uh, website, essentiallight.org. Um, I'm there right now. I'm looking at the workshop link, and that's the second program that he just talked about, folks. It's the second program being offered. Um, you have courses there. Um, tell us about a couple because they range from prices that are posted anywhere from 20 bucks up to 150 And I guess the living through the heart of the new paradigm is a bit more. But um Talk to us about what's there so that people can really, if you've enjoyed the conversation, folks, you're going to enjoy his work. You're going to enjoy the book because the same calmness and groundedness that he's presenting is in uh, the book. I haven't taken a course, but, it, you know, reading the website, I can intuitively feel that it's there. So talk to us about uh, your workshops more in general, please. So, well, and as you said, so what we've done on purpose is we have things on the on the website ranging from from free talks to you know to courses mm -hmm. and we're developing more um i recently just did a a, a two-part series on mediumship was super well received that that uh which is what we're talking about right we're talking about the people who mm -hmm. are, you're saying you know get possessed by by thoughts and by entities and whatever and also people who were learning to channel light. So I did that. I'm about to, at the end of uh, the, starting the 20th of May, 20th, 27th of May and the 3rd of, of June, gonna do an online course. Uh, the first session is dedicated to understanding depression and anxiety from a, uh, an energetic point of view. The second is understanding trauma from an energetic point of view. The other thing we've added to these is we're doing group light healings so i had this idea i said what well, what would happen if if we just open up a space of light with everybody that's on a call 100 people 150 people let's just see and uh so and i prayed about it and okay. usually what i get from my guides is yes or no so i expected yes or no and what i got from them was well if you want to do it we'll show up so oh. we do so that's what we're adding to that. We're adding a space for people to bring, to get knowledge, bring their own need for healing, and then let's create a collective space where we radiate all of that with light. So that's the next step. Mm -hmm. In the fall, we're going to open a, a, a one-year training called the Living Through the Heart Process. And that's going to be a combination of in-person workshops on our land where we live, we live here in Oregon, we live in the forest, we have a, 
a complex of uh, three yurts in the forest, very beautiful place that's developed over the years. We're going to do in-person workshops and then also online uh, classes in between. So that's what I'm saying is we're, there's a range from you can do a three-minute video and just get a taste of what this is. Hopefully, you know, if as someone once said to me, if my babble appeals to you, listen to my babble. <laughs> If you listen, if my babble appeals to you, then, you know, come and be with us up to grading, right? Then this 10 week course, blah, blah, blah. And then there's going to be the full training. Okay. So, and then we, we're also doing a thing. We do a thing called Thursdays with Jonathan, which is basically I get to talk about whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, right? Because that, you know, you, you need that balance in there. Folks, this book is The Gift of the Body. It's just under 550 pages. It's a large book. It has a color insert um, of the path of transformation and a chakra map, which we really haven't talked too much about. Um, the chakra map, a guide to the human energy vehicle. That's a two-pager. And it's chocked full of information. It's a course within itself. Um, so if you've enjoyed what we've, you know, spoken about today and it really resonated with your heart, do get the book. Um, listen online to um, the meditations, to all of the other work that's available there for no charge at you because you really, it'll shift your energy. Okay. And, you know, for those of you right now who are in a low space, you know, you just can't like climb out of the dark hole or get up from your velvet rut. Um, I truly feel that uh, the uh, transmissions and the meditations will shift your energy almost instantaneously. Jonathan, we're almost out of time. What pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience for today? You are really not alone. And even though in this time it's easy to to sink into feeling isolated and alone through the heart. The heart connects with other hearts on the, 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 the plane that we are normally think we live in, but also on the inner planes. Breathe, just sitting, breathe in your heart. Mm -hmm. Imagine yourself sitting in an armchair in the center of your heart chakra in the middle of your heart you're just sitting there breathing then get up and walk and in front of you walking straight out in front is a dock that walk that is a dock onto a pristine lake walk out to the end of that dock sit down dangle your feet in the pristine water of that perfect lake and breathe Ooh, the and water's you, cold, but it feels good. <laughs> you are then absolutely, not metaphorically, in the space of compassion in front of your heart. That's where compassion lives. Mm -hmm. Literally, in every human being, it's built into the structure of your energy vehicle. There's a space, and it's a, it's a, a life preserver of vibration that surrounds your whole body at the distance of that dock, about four to five inches in front of your heart's chakra. And that space is literally the space of compassion, which is the space of healing, the space of protection, uh, energetic protection, and the space where, where your intuition can speak to you. Mm. So 
You're not alone. Everybody who's doing that everywhere in the universe is meeting in that place. It's also the place where when you do it calmly and you do it over time, your guides, your spiritual guides, your higher guides can get to you and can communicate with you and guide you through your intuition to what is for you, the, what's best for you, and by definition in the highest good of all beings. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with religion. It can or it can't, depends on you. Mm-hmm. But it's built into you. Light is not a metaphor. Light is a, is a vibration, right? The Hindus call it Aisha. It is undifferentiated divine energy. When you learn how to call it from that space in your heart, it's a mag-like beam of light that shines down on you, illuminates you, and turns you into a healer. Mm. That's what it's Okay, well, thank you very much. And thank you so much for being a fabulous guest. I really appreciate um, everything that you brought to the table today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to the audience, I want to thank you for being with us today as we collectively get over it. And I want everybody to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering the gift of your body, up the blessings, light, and love to all. Agape.